a pros and cons list and best worst is not about a scale, like whichever side has the longest list wins. All it is is a cost analysis. It's just getting reality on paper so that you can analyze it a little bit better. Because at the end of the day, you could have like 10 things on your pro list and only one thing on your con list, but that con could be so big and so meaningful and impactful to you that it undoes all the pros. Yo, 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 welcome back to Down to Earth with the Bruchara's. Here That's is right. my husband. Oh, you missed your cue. You're supposed to wait. Uh, hi. There, better. I don't sound like that. What are you doing? <laughs> hello, hello. No, I say like, hey. <laughs> hey, hello. <laughs> hey, hello. hello. Okay, hello, everyone. Hello. I just want to give a shout out to the people who know who they are, but this episode is inspired by them. And uh, today we're talking about, should I move for love? We're talking about the question, should I move for love? Is it worth moving for love? And by moving, like not moving from your bed to your couch, but moving, like relocating your life to another part of the country, uh, another country. And I want to start off by asking you that question, Kelly. Did you ever move for love? Yes. we got married and uh less than a week after we got married less than a week about a week we moved to kenya which is far away Mm. yeah now we moved there i mean i was open to moving there but we didn't move there because it was my idea we moved there because you had a job there and you needed to keep your job because i was quitting my job and Mm -hmm. so yeah, we moved to Kenya, and I moved there because I wanted to be with you. Was it easy? Um, it was an easy decision in the sense that I knew that my priorities were correct for me, especially because mm. we got married, and I didn't want to be you know long distance from you while we were married, and so yeah. Um, it was easy in the sense of like, I love you and you were my top priority in that sense, but it was difficult in the sense that I left my family and I left familiarity, but the hardest part for me was to leave familiarity for an unknown amount of time because, you know, we planned on visiting my family and I left home when I was like 13 and so I'd, I've come back for prolonged visits and like even up to a few years, but I, I left home in a really big way when I was 13. So being far from my family for most of the year isn't super hard for me simply because it's, it's something I've just grown accustomed to. Um, but living somewhere where I don't know where to buy a wrench <laughs> or a new computer charger or I'm not, and I don't feel comfortable driving and mm-hmm. Like, I I felt like I lost a lot of my independence going to Kenya, and that was hard for me. Mm. Um, but it wasn't so hard that I ever regretted the decision. Even when we lived there, I never regretted it. I was never like, man, I really wish I hadn't done this. Like, I never, I never had that thought ever. Mm. So, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, 
just to reiterate, it sounds like it was easy in terms of deciding on what your priorities were, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that the actual living it out was not, uh, was not easy. Sorry, that it was easy. It doesn't mean it was easy living it out and some of the sacrifices uh, maybe you might have had to make or the adjustments you had to make living in a new country. Yeah. And there's also things that I didn't have to give up that other people do. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have to make any career decisions in order to go to Kenya. I had to make mm-hmm. one kind of about my education, but it ended up being for the best anyway. So it was fine. But yeah, I wasn't, I, I know that can be hard for other people where they have to choose between a career and a person. And I have not had to make that decision. Um, mm. I think in a sense you have though. So have you ever moved for love, darling? I have. Tell us about it. Well, I, the first time I remember is like coming to spend a summer in Baltimore <laughs> near you. Uh, so I could yeah. do my but that's trip. Because, but that wasn't, that's because Jesus gave you one job. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> well, that's true. That's um, true, though. Sorry, let me not interrupt. You tell us, tell us the story. Then, of course, moving back to the U.S. was for love, in the sense that, well, you made it possible for me to move to the U.S. So, <laughs> I mean, like you, there's a lot of personal benefits from that. Like, I am now a permanent resident of the United States of America. You're welcome because of my wife. So there's some, you know, it comes with benefits. But of course, it was hard to be so far away from my family to adjust to a new state. And though I'd lived in the U.S. for school, there were a lot of things that were easy just because of familiarity. Did you Um, talk about your work schedule when you moved back as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a dark time in your life that you try to block out, but it happened. (laughs) Yeah. So I tend to to block out difficult memories. Um, (laughs) And, and so one thing that Callie just reminded me of here is that for the first six months that we moved back to the U.S., I was still working because we didn't have another source of income. And I was still working for, and I and I had to do it for immigration reasons as well, long story short. And I would have to wake up at 2 a.m. Um, to start my day because at Kenya, that was like 10 a.m., and on uh, that was on Mondays, and then the other days I have to wake up at like four a.m. to start my day, and then there for like a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was because I, I wanted to be close to to you, and not have to just be in Kenya working, but managed to negotiate that with my my company. And so that was yeah, that was definitely <laughs> difficult, but it was worth mm-hmm. it. It was an easy decision even though it was hard to live out. The decision itself was easy. And I do appreciate that it was those decisions were easy for us. I think being married did help. Oh yeah, um, for sure. But I do think <laughs> for people who are dating, there comes a lot of opportunities to you and to your partner while you're dating. And it's like, I can be closer to my partner now if I choose this one opportunity, or I might not be as close to them if I choose this other opportunity. And it's like, we're not yet married. It's kind of awkward. It's like, if I move, isn't this so big of a decision that I might be 
kind of, I don't know what's the word. Being desperate. Yeah. Like, does it seem desperate? Is this responsible? The fact that we're not even married yet to move for love. And so the question of should I move for love is not so easily answered, I think, for many people. Yeah, because I think something you said earlier is you and I both did temporary moves for each other. So, yes, like it is true that David only got one internship and it was in Baltimore, which was near me. But I prayed for that to happen so that he would have to come there. Um, and so, you know, you took the job and you were there and you hung out with my family and all these things. Um, and then I later that same year, I went and lived in Michigan for six months and I got a job as a substitute teacher in the public school system, which was an experience. And I lived with a friend who took very good care of me and, you know, it was all good, but like, I didn't stay up in Michigan because I love Michigan fall weather. <laughs> like I stayed up there because of you and like, um, yeah, so we both did temporary moves. I don't think either one of us ever had the opportunity to do a permanent move for each other. But you bring up a really good point that by the point that we both moved continents for each other in a more permanent way, it was when we were married. But again, I just want to point out, it's not because we had opportunities earlier and we refused to do it. It's because we just didn't really, it just never really was an option for us. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely wasn't an option to the extent that I see for a lot of people um, yeah. that we know um, just like, yeah, difficult decisions. Like, yeah. Like you just have very, two very good options <laughs> or like yeah. one great option that is away from your partner. And this other option is like very uncertain, but it's being close to your partner. And I think a lot of people go through that. It's like, there's a certain familiarity that they know um but to move would become very unfamiliar and it's also not guaranteed or at least 100 percent guaranteed that the relationship will succeed right like it's gonna lead to like sure. a lifelong marriage and it's like should i move what do i do i also think you've talked about it a little bit but i also think there's a lot of social stigma against moving for people at the very least for not for both genders. It's not even a gender thing. Like I remember uh, my friend group talk. It's about a couple I, I don't personally know, but they were talking about like, oh yeah. And you know, they're married now, but she moved up all the way up here to be with him. And it was only after a little bit of time. And like, they were dragging her basically for making this drastic move. Um, I don't remember what the exact time frame was, but it was basically, they were thinking like, it's too early. You guys aren't even close to getting engaged. Like you're so marriage obsessed you're so relationship obsessed and i just remember just a lot of very negative things being said about her uh mm. for making this move and that's that's the reality right is people are like oh man they just like if you prioritize your relationship that much and that early it probably means you're just desperate to get married it probably means you're being needy or you're being desperate or you're being obsessive or you're weird or so i just want to i guess admit or recognize that there are some bad connotations, not that we agree with them, but just know that there are sometimes those stigmas that you're up against. Mm. Yeah. And I guess that's the first thing is like, don't just listen to anybody's opinion. Right. Do you um, know how many people have told me that long distance relationships are 
always end in bad things and you should never be in one, but look at us now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, we've been asked to um, help people with navigating these decisions. And even though they respect our opinion, like, I don't think we've been in a place where it has been obvious for us to like categorically say, yes, you should do this and you should not do this. Like we felt very much that we can share like tools and things to consider, but ultimately the decision is, is yours to make because, because either one of those decisions could be a right decision depending on a number of factors. It's not like this is the obvious one and that's the obvious one. Like sometimes it's not that black and white. And I mean, I am still Cali, so I do usually have an opinion on what I think people should do, but I'm not going to share that with them because it's not my place. And the point is one of the most important aspects, and David, tell me if I'm talking about this too early and I don't talk about it yet. One of the most important aspects of making a decision is you need to own your decision and not outsource it to anybody else. Like Mm. if you're going to move, that's your decision. Nobody made you. Your boyfriend or girlfriend did not make you, your parents, your friends, they can share their opinions and they can even pressure you, but they cannot make you do anything. So a lot of times, sure, it's possible that you make this huge move, you uproot your entire life and it doesn't work out because it happens. And then the bad part is you could be like, oh, I did all this for this person. I never should have because of X, Y, Z. Okay. You made the decision. It's not their fault. It's not their fault for, you know, like you are making this decision and it's a risk because all relationships are a risk. Even in a marriage, a relationship is still a risk. Like being married doesn't mitigate risk. If anything, it increases it in a lot of ways. But anyways, so a really big part is you cannot blame anybody. You need to own your own decisions um, and make them in, in an informed way. Um so you need to think through it and it's like, oh, well, I ignored all these red flags. And then don't then don't ignore red flags. Don't do that. <laughs> and so like think through it. You should definitely, just because you like someone or love someone doesn't mean you should automatically go. But if you do make that decision, you need to own it and be at peace with that. Like it needs to be, how do I say this? It needs to be like, you need to count the cost before you do it. Meaning you're not going on the guarantee that you're going to get married and live happily ever after you're going because you really care about this person and you believe there's a better chance for your relationship. If you're near each other and you're willing to make whatever sacrifices that you're currently making in order to make that happen. So you're going with the possibility. You're not going with the guarantee. So then if it does work out, awesome. If it doesn't work out, that's sad, but then you're a lot, you're able to like work through it a lot more because you owned your decision. You're like, well, I gave this a fair shot and I'm at peace simply because I have an answer now, even if it's not the answer that I always wanted. Mm. Yeah. You don't want to make your partner who you're moving for, even though like, you know, obviously it's, it's them that are a big factor. You might find a job in that place. You might go to school in that place. But if your partner wasn't in the equation, you probably wouldn't have thought moving to that place. But Mm -hmm. you don't want your partner to feel this sense of like obligation. Like I need to compensate. And I want to say that carefully because when Callie moved to Kenya, you know, 
I appreciated how big of a decision that was for her and how big of a culture shock it was. And out of a love for Callie, I wanted to make her stay as comfortable as possible and to help her adapt as easily as possible and prioritize her in that way, acknowledging the sacrifice she had made, but not in this sense of like, oh, I owe Callie now. Um, like it's a right, tip for you, you served me. Yeah, you served me out of love, not out of obligation or guilt or trying to balance some scale. You just took care of me because you love me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's that's the whole thing of like, try to avoid looking at it as a tit for tat um, kind of dynamic where it's like, well, I moved for you. So now you got to move for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe they would move for you, but it doesn't mean they now have to move for you. Right. Um, we're, we're we're being a hundred percent committed to each other doesn't mean you divide your acts of love equally. If that makes sense, yeah. like some some for some people that might mean you move. For some people that might mean like it's just it's not it doesn't look like a contract per se. It's it's not that's not how love works. Yeah, it's true. And also for for the person moving, if you're the one moving. Also try to avoid the martyr syndrome of like imposing this obligation on your partner as well by like saying like, I did this all for you and the least you can, like, it's not like you would have done, would you have done it anyway? You know, like if the person is that important to you, would you have done it anyway? Um, And so I do acknowledge that there might be times where you might feel like your preferences and desires are not taken into consideration. And I think you can bring those up in a way that doesn't necessarily make you look like a martyr, but just make you look like a person in a relationship who seeks to be loved and wants to be ministered to, because that's just what relationships are like. It's not like a, you know, Marriage and relationships are not 50-50. They're 100-100. That's right. That's right. And I mean, looking back on it, every potential thing I've done because of Callie, when I embraced that choice, of course, there was a process that led up to it. And we're going to talk about some of the tools you can uh, use to help you in that decision-making process. But like once I decided that I'm doing this, like I'm moving, I'm gonna work all these hours. And like I'm gonna do this odd hours for Callie. Like I truly believe that I was in no way compromising who God was calling me to be as an individual and the purpose that He had for me as an individual by aligning myself with um, my relationship. Like my relationship and the health of my relationship is intricately connected to my purpose as an individual and like God works to make both of those things thrive at the same time. And I've just seen that as a fruit in my life. Right. And so by the time, you know, you get married, you want to believe that, like you want to have gone through that process of really determining how compatible you are. And if your purpose is, you know, you know, kind of where God is leading you as an individual and that way you can always prioritize your relationship and still prioritize the way God is leading you and know that sometimes you'll have to make a sacrifice for your your spouse. For example, like I was 
for a whole year, I was in a job that I didn't particularly enjoy, but I knew that was funding Callie's career change. You know, she's super loving and passionate about it and loves it. And I'm like, I love my job. I'm like, dude, that's worth it. Like, it's worth it Mm -hmm. because I know I'm not going to do this forever. Um, And And I would switch places. Except yeah. that I don't work a job that I hate. <laughs> right, right. It's like I know like God, this is a phase. This is a stage of life. And like God is God is still blessing me even through this job I know I, I I don't particularly enjoy. And I'm also learning a lot about love and discovering my passions and purpose outside of a job that I don't particularly enjoy. And you know, we started the podcast during that time. So like there's so much that came out of that. And so it didn't necessarily hinder my personal um, calling or goals per se, but my relationship is a huge factor in my decisions and my goals. Like mm-hmm. that's why that's that's what you sign up for when you get into a relationship. And I think you know it, it might sound I don't know. Dave and I are trying to give a balanced picture, and what we found is certain people they seem very reticent to make a move based on or for a big reason for their relationship. Like that sounds bad. I need to prioritize, you know, my job. I need to prioritize my schooling and like, it's okay. But the point we're trying to make is we're just trying to balance those scales a bit. Like it's okay if you don't want to move for someone and and you're just the best thing for you both to accomplish your goals is to have a long distance relationship. Like that's totally fine, but it's also totally fine to prioritize your relationship. I don't know why we act like that's such a terrible, immature decision. Like literally the God of the universe made decisions for a relationship. Jesus risked all of heaven to come to earth to restore a relationship. (laughs) So he could have prioritized a lot of the things like angels or heaven or like his own safety. So my point is, I, I just don't know where we get this idea. Maybe I should do research on it, but yeah, I don't know where we get this. Let's, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Let's, let's try to break down that. Cause I think there is, I'm sure there is a lot of validity to that idea. Well, I think one reason people don't do it is because of cultural pressure of just like okay. you get married after your job is secured. You get married after you have your master's. You get married after you're on this track to tenure. You get you get married after you're a lawyer, after you're a doctor, after, 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 after. So if you were to at any point do anything to sway or diverge from your your actual purpose in life, which is to get this career, you have failed. So I think that's a big part of it, honestly, in a lot of people's homes. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think another one is, um, and one I think I I definitely agree with is that a lot of people sometimes make these decisions out of a sense of incompleteness and lack of grounding in who they are as a person and their values. For example, you move to this other place for this person but you do it because you know that you feel like this person completes you as an individual and you're kind of enmeshed in them in the sense that you start to see this individual uh, change a lot of their values simply based on the other person. And it's like putting all their eggs on a relationship to 
validate their personal identity and personal worth, I think that's unhealthy. And there are cases, personally, I know, where people have done that. And yeah, I don't know what you think about that. Mm. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you sound ambivalent. <laughs> yeah, I feel ambivalent. <laughs> I actually don't have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um. So are you saying... You're saying sometimes people do want to move for love because they're seeking completion, or some people are reluctant to move for love because they're seeking completion in a relationship or both. They, they do want to move for love because they're seeking completion and they, they okay. lack, they lack grounding in what they stand for. And so them moving would, um, uh, what's the word? So for example, if somebody, if somebody was moving and mm -hmm. they had this whole like martyr mindset, like I'm doing like all the things we just talked about, I'm like, if that's how you think, then I would suggest not moving right away until you know that that is well, your I'm, decision. I'm also like, you, it doesn't sound like you should be in a relationship. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Exactly. But yeah. So th that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like, saying. There's nothing to do with moving. You just shouldn't be in a relationship at all. Yes. But the thing is, they are in the relationship. Well, there's so, a really quick way to fix that. <laughs> Thank okay, you. Script. I think, I think I think maybe that's where the ambivalence is coming from. Is like yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, why are we like? It's like, what do we do in step F? I'm like, why are we? We shouldn't even do A through D. Why are we even here? Like E doesn't even thing. D isn't a thing. Like what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why. Sorry, I was just think. I, I just yeah. Yeah. I know. I know that's. I know that's simplistic, and I, I don't mean to act as if that's easy. I I don't think it's easy. I do think it's simple. But I don't think it's easy by any stretch because, I mean, we're fed by media and the church that we are not a complete person until we're married. So, I mean, I, I understand where it's coming from. But my point is all that awaits you is heartbreak. Even if that relationship ends in or culminates in marriage, it's still going to it's still going to be heartbroken because like nobody, nobody can fulfill you to that level. It is impossible. So mm -hmm. it's just a broken, yeah. it's a broken cistern. It's, it's a waterless well. That's right. And there's some times when it's like simply like, um, I do think there are just some moments where you're, uh, like maybe just God just really puts it on your heart and it calls you in one place for a certain amount of time. And, um, yeah, maybe it's a year or two or whatever. And to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not prioritizing the relationship. What it does mean is that you being apart from each other means there are some sacrifices you will have to make to prioritize the relationship. Yeah, there's sacrifices uh, either way. It's not like, this is the happy path, this is the bad path. It's like, well, both parts have happy and sad. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it's just being understanding of what that means um, for that relationship. And it's yeah, like, like, eventually, eventually, one of y'all is going to move if you're trying to make this thing long-term, permanent. 
like there's going to be a sacrifice at some point in that sense. Um, and like, as long as you're not avoiding that, because it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's some, I guess, like frameworks or tools that can potentially help you with the decision-making process. So the, you know, the first basic one is just like writing a pros and cons list of what would be the pros and cons of you moving to that place? Um, mm-hmm. What would be the pros and cons of you not moving to that place and doing the alternative? And so you can write, you know, you can write as much pros and cons, but Callie mentioned something. Uh, Callie, you talked about how uh, pros and cons might not necessarily yeah, yeah. tell the full story. Yeah. Also, before I talk about that, one other thing on pros and cons list is specifically write out what is the best thing that could happen if you go, what is the worst thing that could happen if you go, and what is the best thing that could happen if you stay, and what's the worst thing that could happen if you stay. So not just pros and cons, because pros and cons can be a little bit gray, but you want to also take note of the extremes. And it also helps you identify your fears and your hopes. Uh, and if anything, it helps clarify you to yourself. And I'd also recommend you share that with the other person and talk through those things. Um, yeah. So a pros and cons list and best worst is not about a scale, like whichever side has the longest list wins. All it is is a cost analysis. It's just getting reality on paper so that you can analyze it a little bit better. Because at the end of the day, you could have like 10 things on your pro list and only one thing on your con list, but that con could be so big and so meaningful and impactful to you that it undoes all the pros. Like Mm. I had, I actually made a pros and cons list about moving to Kenya a year early. I actually found it recently because we're packing because we're moving. I was reading through one of my old journals and I found the list where I was like, yeah, moving to Kenya a year early. I had so many pros on that list. I get to be near David. I get to get into a new job earlier. I get to spend time with my in-laws. I get to have cheaper, healthier food. Like there's just beautiful weather. Like there's just so many great things about living in Kenya. But it was like, but I'm going to be alone. And, and by alone, you mean I'm, like live it, we won't be living together. Yeah, I'm going to live in my own spot away from David and his family. Even if I'm within 10 minutes, I'm still away from them. And I have to navigate an entire new continent by myself. That was one con. And it was enough. I didn't go. So in the same way. You could have lots of cons, but one pro can be, but I'm going to be with my person. And you have to decide if it's worth the cost. You have to decide if it's worth the guaranteed cons as well as the possible cons. And the only person that can decide that is you. So don't use a pros and cons list where you have to be like, well, I really want the pros list to be longer. So I have to like conjure up four more. Like you don't, (laughs) you don't have to do that. It's not about scales. Um, because in a sense, if it was about scales, each pro and con is a different weight. So you could have five different cons that are one pound each, but if you have one pro that's 35 pounds, well, there you go. Hello. So 
So think about it like that. Like these are different weight. Each each pro and con is different weight. And if it helps, you can even assign it numbers. You know, if you want to go the whole way with the analogy, go ahead. Bring the analogy to life. Assign numbers. <laughs> you can use kilograms if you're more comfortable with that. That's okay. We accept all, you know, kinds of measuring weight here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so use a pros and cons list to clarify where you're at and what your fears and hopes are and to do a cost analysis. Mm. Yeah. And with that is like also like writing down what sac like the part of the cons is like writing down what sacrifices you think you'll have to make. So it's not, it's not just like, Oh, a con is that I'll be away from my partner. Well, I'll also have to pay X amount of dollars because I want to, I need to see my partner. Like yeah, that's a sacrifice I, once, I need to make. I once paid about a thousand dollars to see David for four days. But it's okay because I love him. <laughs> it was worth it. We hadn't seen each other for nine months. Yeah, dude. It was worth it. I'd do it again. Appreciate you doing that, honey. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So what are some sacrifices you think you might have to make? Time zone differences, like waking up at odd times to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now, so David's actually in Kenya right now, if you didn't know that. He's, yeah, I'm in the U.S. David's in Kenya. He's there for a wedding. And, um, this, this right now, this current experience of David being awake at almost 3am, this was a very frequent experience for us (laughs) when we were dating. Wasn't it, darling? (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Cause I'd call you like after leaving the gym and it's, we would go to bed at the same time with the seven hour time difference. I'd go to bed at 8pm and he'd go to bed at 3am. That happened quite a bit, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I appreciate your sacrifice, honey. Yeah. <laughs> that's part <laughs> of it. That's part of it. And um, another question that's good for you to write down and think about and talk about is what is home to you? Mm, what do you mean by that? So you might move for someone. And you've left a very familiar place. Maybe you've left your family, the place you grew up. In many ways, that's home to you. But I think the one way that we learn to embrace change is when we can learn to redefine or expand our idea of what home is um, outside of the original home that we grew up in. Because in many ways, to me, like, Cali is home to me. So we can be in different parts of the world, but in many, in a very deep sense, like, her presence is a feeling of home. And so whether we move to some weird random countries, like, I'm always taking home with me because of the relationship we've developed, right? And just the safety um, in our relationship and, like, that, you know, that's taken time, it's taken counsel, um, but home has been redefined for me beyond this physical place where, you know, it was my upbringing and my culture and stuff. And that can also mean like, you know, you developing a community, developing friendships, hobbies, interests in that new location in a way that makes it home for you. And so 
being open to redefining and expanding your ideas of what home is so that even though you miss home, like you miss the home, like you're, you miss your parents, you miss, or you might miss wherever you came from for your partner, there is still a very deep sense of home where you've moved to. And that sometimes needs to be cultivated for it to be experienced in a deep way. And that oftentimes is what makes it worth it to move to another place is that you can carry home with you in that sense. Amen. You're home to me too, honey. Hmm. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like there's still some other parts. I mean, I still I feel I feel like there's still some other factors that we're probably missing in this conversation. Yeah, but I think this is still a good place to start. Um, I mean, none yeah. of our podcast episodes are exhaustive, so right, right, yeah, that's one included. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we. I mean, like, if you are in the midst of this decision, if you are still debating, and you know, this might be a good place to start. Um, we. We would definitely encourage like bringing in a third party to help you guys talk through some ideas, help you consider some other factors um, that you might have missed out on and not thought about. Um, Yeah, just wise counsel does help, but also understanding that um, with these things, the decision comes down to you and also not like catastrophizing one decision over the other. Sometimes both decisions can be good decisions. It's a matter of like embracing them. And this concept that Callie always brings up, I think I heard it from you first, honey. What is it? <laughs> that like in the garden, God did not uh, limit Adam and Eve to like eat of the mango tree on Mondays and the pineapple tree on Tuesdays. Well, pineapple yeah. don't grow on trees, but um, <laughs> there, was, there was a great amount of freedom in the command that they may eat freely of all the trees in the garden, but there's that one tree they couldn't eat of. And so there was a lot of freedom within the will of God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot, like a lot of times that's the case. It's not like we're moving to be, you know, to start dealing drugs or something. Yeah. Like, God's like, do whatever you want. Just don't do this one thing. And we're like, God is restrictive. And he's like, what? Not what? <laughs> Right. Yeah. God is in control, but he's not controlling. And um, he does, you know, he does lead, he does guide. And there's the place for counsel. There's a place of prayer and and the Holy Spirit. And uh, one thing that, again, I love, (laughs) babe, you always say this, like Jesus speaks clearly. Yeah. When he, yeah, Jesus is clear when he speaks. That's right. 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 Um, And so, I got that from Sebastian. <laughs> All right. Credit credit Sebastian. <laughs> I think I have the freedom of choice from Sebastian too. <laughs> well, credit but to Sebastian again. Truth is, the truth is not copyright. We so. just need Sebastian back on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, maybe we'll have him next week. Maybe we'll have yeah, him next gonna, week. Yeah, we're going to go hang out with him next week. So maybe we'll do that. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, this, yeah, it's, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. But um, hopefully this helps make it a little easier for you. Good luck.
<laughs> Alright. Thank you guys for listening. See you later. I'm gonna go to bed now. Good night, Jenny. I'm gonna go draw an astronaut. Okay, that was really random for the audience, but <laughs> they'll never know. <laughs> All right. Crack the code, guys. Crack the code. Good luck. <laughs>